commute, truck, ballpark. This is Patterns of Development. Hey everyone, I'm Kyle Gulau, and on this show, Patterns of Development, we take less than 10 minutes each week to deconstruct what's going on in real estate, architecture, and urban planning. And first up this week, people are slow to get back into the office. In fact, I think today Elon Musk just sent an email out to his employees requiring that they be back in the office for 40 hours a week. Now, according to the Wall Street Journal, there is a correlation between commute times and the likelihood of employees returning to the office. The New York metropolitan area had the longest average commute time before the pandemic at 37.7 minutes, according to the Census Bureau, and continues to have one of the country's lowest commercial occupancy rates. Now, on the flip side, Minneapolis and Austin, where average commutes were approximately 24 minutes, again, before the pandemic this was measured, are experiencing office occupancy levels increasing slowly back to that 2019 level. Now, Richard Florida, professor at University of Toronto's Rotman School of Management and School of Cities, is quoted in the article saying, and this is a little soundbite from Richard, saying, economists and psychologists have long said that a long commute is the most immiserating condition of daily life, so it makes sense that this is what people would want to avoid. Now, to quote Conrad Putzer, the article author directly now, employee opposition to commuting means that landlords and cities aiming to refill those office floors may need to do more then renovate old buildings or put more police on street corners. It may require investing in housing, highways, public transportation, and other infrastructure necessary to reduce commute times. Of course, this is Kyle again. These investments might mean we need to think a little less about cars and a little more about humans. I stumbled across this article titled, Meet the Man Making a Statement About Public Space by Converting a Truck into a Parklet. It's written by Chloe Orgy, published in Euronews. Initially, Adam Tranner, the subject of the article, converted a parking spot into his hometown, into a small green space in his community. He laid down AstroTurf, added some planters, and added chairs for people to sit. We all know how this goes. Eventually, someone complained they didn't have a parking spot. So the city removed the park for violating parking requirements. Now, instead of giving up, Adam continued. He bought a truck. He put a park in the back of the truck and then parked that truck in that parking spot. The truck is awesome, by the way. It's not a 2003 F-150. It's a 1970s blue Piaggio 8 flatbed. It's one of those kind of cool Euro-looking trucks with the sides that flip down on the truck bed. And he put plants and a bench in there for people to sit. And it's absolutely brilliant. And I think it's a testament to how backwards some of our rules and perspectives are skewed towards thinking less about humans and more towards car storage. And this is such a great illustration of that distorted lens in which we view some of our public spaces. The appeal... Of course, and I think what Adam was trying to go for originally was by converting a small parking space into a small park, it's human-sized work. It can be done quickly, it takes a couple of days and a limited amount of resources, opposed to larger developments, which can take years of planning and discussions before vertical construction can even begin. Big development projects take a long time. And a year ago, I discussed a Bloomberg article on this podcast outlining a project to build a new ballpark in Oakland, California. I wanted to revisit the project just to see what was going on. I complete curiosity. I had no idea what I was going to find. So I went back through my notes. And what's strange is that both of my source links no longer work. In fact, the articles that were published around that same time in May and June of 2021 appear to be dead ends as well. I feel like I was in some sort of glitch in the matrix, just trying to click on search results in my browser and nothing was actually happening weirdest thing. Anyway, a year ago, 
Here's the story, as best I remember. A year ago, the Oakland A's, the professional baseball team located it in Oakland, California, were publicly discussing its plans to create a new baseball stadium, and that planning continues today. In 2021, Bloomberg reported in the article in which the link no longer works, just goes to a blank page, the A's were estimating their costs at about $12 billion and asking the city to chip in about $855 million via tax increment financing to help with new infrastructure construction like roads, sidewalks, and other transportation improvements. That number, 855 of 12 billion, is approximately 7% of the total project spend. So let's play this out. The team comes to the negotiating table and says, well, you know, we could leave. Oh, don't worry, we won't, but we could. So let's make a deal. And it's not a hollow threat. Teams could leave and have left. Most recently in professional football, the St. Louis Rams became the Los Angeles Rams. In fact, Major League Baseball even released a statement during the negotiations saying that they were concerned with the rate of progress and that the current stadium is not a viable option for the future of baseball in the city. So the team says in this metaphorical table, in this conference room, in this metaphorical negotiation, hey, why don't you give us the best incentives and we'll stay? Oh, and could you hurry up, please? It's a nice little dilemma for city staff. Now, a couple of things have changed since 2021. I think the ballparks development team is getting ahead on the PR front, hence the missing links. The conspiracy in my mind starts to spin. The MLB now has a project page for this particular development, and on it, they highlight four features about the project. Number one, it's a waterfront ballpark. Number two, it's privately financed. Number three, 34,000 person capacity. Number four, it's mixed use development. Now, what bothers me the most is the header privately financed. Now, I wouldn't have caught it if I didn't have my notes from the article that's no longer available online. In the smaller text below the words of privately financed is the words, a sub bullet point rather, infrastructure will be paid for by funds that exist because of tax increment financing. And I want to be clear, under the header of privately financed is a sub bullet that acknowledges the use of tax incremental financing dollars, which of course, is public money. Now let's shift gears a bit and look at this from the developer's perspective. According to a project timeline on Wikipedia, the planning for this new ballpark has been going on for 20 years. It's been complicated, multiple mayors, multiple city councils, and that is a long time. It's a majority of my lifetime, a lack of progress indeed. You certainly can't run a business like that, and you certainly can't run a league like that either. Another piece of this puzzle, who else is going to do this work? Who else is going to invest $12 billion and build a whole bunch of stuff on the waterfront? Who has the juice who has the interest, the attention, the resources to even remotely think about pulling this off? How else is this going to happen? How else is this waterfront going to be redeveloped and include new mixed use and keep our ballpark in town and work towards lofty economic development objectives? It's a multifaceted problem. The catch here, and pardon the pun, is that the citizens of Oakland are still effectively loaning money to the project. Future tax dollars that would go to the city are going back to the developer. So it's not just a privately financed deal, is it? And this is an unfortunate pattern of development here. It appears to be an intentional misdirection of the project's capital stack. Why do you think developers are a go-to for bad guys in movies and TV shows these days? Sheesh. Which leads us to our patterns of the week. Number one, consider ways to reduce commute time as part of a strategy to revitalize your central business district. And hey, maybe there's an opportunity here for Oakland to get the most out of its $855 million investment right there. There we go. There's an idea. Number two, there's always that guy. You know what I mean? That guy. If you can't turn a parking spot into a park, then let's turn a car into a park and park that car in a spot. Sounds like a ridiculous SNL concept about something in a box. Anyway, number three, 
Development is not transactional. It is 100% relational. And one of the easiest ways to ruin a relationship with your community, any relationship, is to be deceptive. And in this example, being deceptive about public incentives that you're receiving for your project. That's all for this week. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Patterns of Development with me, Kyle Gulau. I hope you enjoyed considering real estate, urban planning, and architecture in this quick 10 minutes. If you like what you heard, please share with a friend or leave a rating and review. That helps signal to others that this is worth their time. A special thank you to Rafi Bushman. His song, Look Up, is the theme for this show. He's an incredible musician and everyone loves his music. You can check him out wherever you stream yours. That's all for this episode, and I will talk to you next week.